Boss! 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 Welcome into another special, fantastic edition of At The Buzzer, your Ralph Report podcast. And probably the second, first, uh, you know what, I'll say second, uh, in deference to our guest here. Best news, for or source for Colorado news. Yeah, um, reoccurring guest. Reoccurring guest, special guest as I like to call them. We call them all-star guests. Um, we have with us to discuss, I don't know, pretty normal offseason for CU football so far. Uh, Chase Howell from Buff Stampede and a million other places. Chase, welcome back. <laughs> Sam, Jack, thanks for having me back on. I appreciate it. It's oh, been too long. I thought you guys would have me have me back on right away. I don't know if I did did too much. <laughs> I keep totally teasing you too. Sam, I keep telling you. I keep telling Chase like, oh, let's, we're gonna have you on soon, and then I forget. Way to keep him on the line, Sam, a natural no, recruiter. Yeah, I know, I know. I just had to push it a little bit um, after Thursday's basketball game, so yeah, I well, got myself on this time. We should have. We really should have recorded Friday. We would have avoided this whole mess. Yeah. We... <laughs> well. Um, then, okay. What's our news? What are we doing this for? Did something happen? Get on with it. I don't did really know. Happen? I know CU basketball played two games. We can talk yeah, about that. Yeah, I was at the basketball bit. game, but. Football wise, I I don't know. I also Sam, don't talk do you know of anything? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man. Well, uh, see so you guys a new coach. Yeah. Carl and someone can help me. Durrell, Doral. Carl Durrell. Yeah, I think at least from everything I've heard. I guess Durrell. we'll find out when he uh, introduces himself at the press conference. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just, Carl <coughs> Durrell is our new always, coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. I've always wanted a Carl head coach. Really? <laughs> yes, really. What, what about the name Carl makes you think he's head coach material? Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Marxism. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> really like politicking. I will say uh, that's probably not a good way to run a football team. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what, what's happening? So who, what, who is he? Because I, I literally didn't know who he was when his name got floated out. You know, I don't think you're alone there. Um, I would say if you had if, if if you gave me ten guesses on CU's head coach, I don't know if he'd be in the top ten. Um, but you, you look at his resume, I think it, it actually kind of I don't know, it makes sense on the surface, but I just didn't I wasn't even on my radar. What about you, Chase? Yeah, you kind of have to you'd have to dig really deep um, to find Carl Zarrell. But once it was announced and you start like looking into his background a little bit. Um, I think it does make a lot of sense. He was here um, during the glory days, and obviously that's what they're trying to get back to. Uh, yeah, and then he was he was here also the the days pre- immediately after the glory days, um, which we cannot call the glory days under Rick Neuheisel. So he coached from when to when? 93 to 95, I saw? Well, uh, he coached yeah. at 92, 93 that's, for one year, I believe. Okay. That's the wide receivers coach then. Yep. Yes. And then he was the offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach under Rick Neuheisel for all four years of that beautiful tenure. Um, um, he also, I mean, he was the head coach of Darren Shiverini when he was a wide receiver. So that's an important note. Yeah, he was, he was Shiverini's wide receiver coach, I believe. All, and all Shiverini years. thinks of him as a mentor of sorts. Yeah, they have they have a pretty long relationship. Um, I mean, the, the lead with with Carl, I guess, was was that he was UCLA's head coach for five years, uh, between two thousand three and two thousand seven was his last season. 
Um, and, and since then, he has not had a head coaching job. So we gave him his second chance, I guess. Yeah, so he went uh, six, from 2003 to 2007, he went 6-7, six 6-6, and 10-2, seven, 6-6, six and 6-6. Six, and, and, six, six and, six. and that 10-2 and two season was a wild ride of just high-scoring games after another. They averaged 39 a game. Maurice Jones-Drew was there being amazing. Mercedes Lewis was there. Who else? What other Jacksonville Jaguars legends were there? <laughs> uh, yeah, quick note. When you say 6-6, six and six, you do mean 6-7 six and because he was one of four in bowl games. But, yeah. Um, he did go to five straight bowl games, and then um, yeah. no, it was six and it was six was and it really? six because he, uh, I think, he got fired after the season finale. <gasps> oh, and do we right. really care if they win bowl games? We just want them to get there, right? That's the first step. That's the that's <laughs> the main step that has somehow eluded the last fifteen years of Colorado football. Just get to a bowl. So, so do we know why he was fired? Uh, yeah, his his last season was supposed to be the next step, right? It was it was supposed to be a step up. They'd recruited mostly well to that point, um, despite being opposite Pete Carroll in the LA market. Um, but a combination of injuries and disappointment led to a disappointing season. They won six games when they should have won more. Um, and Dan Guerrero, who's UCLA's athletic director then, and I believe still is their athletic director, um, decided to go to a more exciting direction. And that was Rick Neuheisel. We all know how exciting he can be. <laughs> Man. Yeah, so it looks like they're in number 11 in the AP poll during the 2007 season and then kind of just dropped off at the end. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know anybody on that roster. I'm looking at it right now. I don't recognize a single name on the offense. I believe the only one I know is Alteron Werner. Oh, wait. Oh, the cornerback from Tennessee. Well, yeah. Yep. Either way um, – that's probably that's probably the most relevant coaching experience that Carl has had to this to this job. He spent the next the la- the next mm, what twelve years of his coaching career in the NFL, um, except for one very fun one year stint in Vanderbilt the year after James Franklin left. Um, I mean, yeah, they they went three and nine that year. Derek Mason's a first time head coach. Um, I think Jordan Rogers or Curtis Samuels. What was his first name? Uh, I if you say Cardi Samuels, I'm going to say KJ Cardi Samuels. No, so his older brother, his older brother. Oh, I, I uh, his old brother, <laughs> and then Jordan Matthews, the the star receiver. They had just graduated. The coach left. They brought in Derek Mason, and the team was just awful, just awful, awful, awful. Like the offense scored less than like 15 points a game. Awful. I can't yep. believe Mason has been there for six years. Yeah, I don't know how he's not been fired yet. Because he keeps getting them to near bowls, which for Vanderbilt is pretty good. I mean, if we remember Mike McIntyre's father, George, got a Coach of the Year award for winning, I think, eight games there, or maybe nine games. So it's a whole thing. Regardless, he's been a wide receiver coach, Carl has, um, in the NFL for a while. And he was most recently at the Miami Dolphins, um, where he he helped Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, former CSU Ram. To, uh, Man, honestly, I was about to troll. You should have let me just say that he was a terrible receiver before going to Miami. You should have let me. Yeah, he completely developed him into what he is today. <laughs> yeah, so Zero help before that. Practically <laughs> <laughs> a middle schooler before Darrell came along. Um, I don't know what I don't know what else to what else I should add to that resume. Chase, do you have anything? Sam, do you have anything? Well, the Jets is a little bit interesting just because they didn't have very good. 
talent at receiver, but like Quincy Anunua and Robbie Anderson were names that like popped up while he was coaching them. So Robbie, I think that's kind of impressive. I do love Robbie Anderson. He has the best hair and best profile photo in the NFL. Um, he is a very handsome man. Um, <laughs> I mean, what what else do we? Add? Carl Durrell has a pretty stellar, I guess, reputation in coaching circles. Um, it, it seems like no one is willing to say a bad thing about him. Um, he seems pretty. I don't know what you'd say. UCLA I, fans will say some bad things about him. There you go. I think the one thing you can hold against him, which unfortunately is a pretty big thing, uh, is his coaching record. <laughs> I think that's okay. the main thing against him. <laughs> um, I don't know. Initial thoughts on the hire, either of you two. Feel free to jump in. Um, my initial thoughts weren't great <laughs> when, it ha- when the news dropped yesterday, but I didn't even want to worry about it because I was watching a very important basketball game. Um, mm-hmm. So I was How'd very disappointed go? in the whole timing of everything. <laughs> can, we, can we discuss that a little bit? Why did it have to drop right in the middle of the basketball game? Um, it on the down low. Yeah, I saw someone mention a conspiracy theory that that Rick George tried to shadow drop it while um, (laughs) the most diehard CU fans are preoccupied. Um, I don't think that's what happened. Um, I think that's probably just when... Rick Rick George did not drop it. It definitely came from the other side, by the way. Yeah, because I believe I saw Rick George yelling at the refs during the game. So I I don't think he was in between telling people to go go for it. Uh, But yeah, that sucked. (laughs) That was a bad time for for that hire to drop. Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't help him very much um, when that type of stuff happens. And then I started looking in, into it, and uh, it started to make a little bit more sense. Like, I like his resume. Um, I think it's as good of a resume as they probably could have done um, at this juncture. The one thing I really hate is recruiting, and I'm sure we're going to touch on that quite a bit. Um, obviously, I'm a recruiting guy coming from 24-7 sports, so that's what most of our subscribers care about the most. And you dive into what he did while he was at UCLA, and it's not great. And aren't you guys having a 60% off sale right now for subscribers? Some type of sale. I, nice I don't even know if it's still going on, but it was. I, no- I noticed we had um, a new user there pretty recently. Oh. <laughs> was... Regardless, even at full price, um, Adam and Jace's work, and, and I should say Mostly Adam's work. work too. Mostly Adam. Hey, we all have to ride someone's coattails, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, it's all worth even at full price. So if, if you want the, the latest and greatest in CU news, absolutely head to Buff Stampede. Um, if you want the most fun CU news, I would say Ralph Report does a good job. <sighs> I, would, I would attest. Oh, man. I, when I saw his name, my first reaction was, I don't know who that is. Um, <laughs> and then my second reaction. You didn't reaction, know who he was? No, I didn't know, which is crazy because I have a – I'm looking at it right now in my room. My entire wall is just strings with different names and question marks next to it with a giant buffalo in the middle trying to find the next head coach. Um, I can't tell if you're joking or not. It's not actually like that. Um, But with the names I was uncovering saying, like, I could be okay with him, Carl Durrell didn't even cross my mind. Um, When you look at his resume, the few things I really like are – he wasn't just a CU guy. He's been to, I think, four different Pac-12 programs. He spent time in Arizona, California, Washington, and Colorado, which are, I think, are all pretty good recruiting beds to tap into. Are you um, are you at all concerned that he's like had to jump around that he hasn't been able to stick anywhere for a while? Well, I, I'm going to say this 
this is going to be very mean to Vic Neuheisel, but that's kind of when you hitch your cart to Vic Neuheisel's wagon, you're going to have to move around. So, I mean, I think that taking shots at Rick Neuheisel is something a lot of CU fans would enjoy. <laughs> so don't worry about that. So, like, you know, he was, he was at CU for 1992, 1993, um, which is when Michael Westbrook and Charles Johnson were just destroying people. Um, then he went to ASU for one year, the last year of Bill McCartney's year, then uh, era, and then Neuheisel brought him back, and he coached under Neuheisel from 95 through 99. And that includes Colorado, and then also when Neuheisel jumped ship to Washington, he was there too. Um, but, you know, beyond that, I think the, the main benefit to me, at least, hiring him this late in the process is I think he has a pretty big Rolodex to go after some assistant coaches. And I think that's huge. Okay, so we have that, and then we have the likelihood that Shiverini will stick, ahead, stick around. Um, well, I, you know, I, that, that was what I was thinking. I don't know. There might be an update. I, there was some hey, stuff you today. You guys that, follow that today? I saw some stuff today. I saw the Ryan Koningsberg tweet, and then I had to work backwards from there. Like yeah, it was like it. a 15-minute span of just pure panic and freak out. Um, yeah, so I guess, Chase, you were probably on there for the, yeah, probably on the message boards for that part, which I'm sure was fun. I was, and it was not fun. Well, so if you want to explain what the, what the drama was. Um, so it really started with the Matt McChesney tweet. Um, and he said something along the lines of people are going to be pissed off about this news or something like that. Um, I think he was he, trolling. He backtracked off of it and said that he was like messaging a parent about a recruit or something. Um, <laughs> okay. <none> of, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily believe him on that. Um, cause I was hearing some of the same rumors and I do think Chef is a little bit worried about his job, but um, it does sound like as of now, Chef is staying. Well, and then all I saw was Koningsberg, Ryan Koningsberg te- uh, said that Shiverini said he's going to be at work tomorrow. Um, which is not as, you know, it's not like a pure, I'm here for the University of Colorado message, but he also probably, like you said, doesn't know how much of his job extends past tomorrow, right? Um, with any new coach comes job insecurity. Um, and the fact that Darrell is also wide receivers coach might mean that he is uh, on a chopping block, but I would not expect that to be the case. Yeah. With the relationship that they have um, and there's not many jobs out there. It's not like chef's just going to be able to walk, walk into another power five school and even be the wide receivers coach. Right. Who's now. Michigan state's receivers coach. They hired, uh, they a, man hired a high Audrey school. Hawkins. Oh, okay. Yeah. High school coach. Yes. In Mel Tucker is actually the high school athletic director. So uh-huh. not even coaching, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mel Tucker's used that giant assistant coach Shiloh pool to retain a bunch of Michigan state coaches, bring some CU coaches and hire a high school coach. God, I love that. Good, good for him. Good for yeah. Jay Johnson. <laughs> good for Jay Johnson is right. That man has taken a QA job at Georgia and taken it to unimaginable heights. I'm God. With him. unspectacular results. He's probably making bank, too. I'd like to see how much he's making at Michigan State this next year. Ugh. So, I guess the biggest thing to me is I think Darrell has a lot of connections um, to, to try to fill out a staff quickly. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, and this late in the process and with where he's coached the last 12 years, I think a lot of those might be NFL guys. Um, which, if you get the right NFL guys, shouldn't matter, but you got to get the right NFL guys. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, CU fans just in general, they hear NFL coaches and immediately have nightmares about John Embry. Mm-hmm. But Arizona State has done a really good job of 
hiring mostly former NFL guys um, on their coaching staff. Herm, Herm has that's been like kind of his motto is we're going to get you to the NFL. We're going to get you to the next level. And he's been able to sell recruits on that. So um, I don't think it's as big of a deal. We'll, well see. And, and, and you don't even have to go that far. Mel Tucker was a quote NFL guy until Nick Saban pulled him to Bama. You know, he was in the NFL for 10 plus years um, until he re-entered the college game three years ago. Um, Joe Brady was an NFL intern until Ed Orgeron decided that he needed to update his offense. There's yeah. You just have to make the right moves, but we because we've all seen what happens when you make the wrong NFL hire. Man, oh man, we've all seen that. <laughs> uh, the other worry I get is is based off of some of the names that have been swirling and some of the I I don't know kind of the circle of wagons messaging that the AD has been sending out about this um, is we cannot go too far into the keep it in the CU family direction. Yes. I, Which brings yeah. up Embry nightmares again. Exactly. I mean, that was all buffs, and that went poorly. Um, there are coaches that would do a good job at CU that have not previously been to CU, and I feel like limiting yourself to people who have previously been to CU is a good way to get yourself um, some subpar coaches. It's this whole idea of everybody being scared that they're going to jump ship, so they think you bring in a CU guy and he's not going to jump ship, or I guess not as likely to jump ship. Yeah, that's a good um, point. I think that's why they're trying to push that message, but I don't know if it's a great message to push. Yeah, I, I always thought that was a secondary concern. Um, win all the games you can with the best coach you can, and then yeah. if he jumps, that's fine because you just won a bunch of games. So I, I don't see that being – I don't know. I don't know. I guess I don't know how Rick George went about this process, but I can't imagine that he's also thinking that way. Maybe no, and they, they went after Steve Sarkeesian. It's not like he has any ties to see you. Um, I don't think that was the only thing that they were looking for with coaches, but it definitely seems like something big that they were looking for. I mean, I'm honestly just happy it's not Troy Calhoun or Brett Bilema. <laughs> like, I, I, I saw the news. I, I didn't know who Carl Durrell is, but I was, I was happy with who he wasn't, I suppose. And you know what? I think that's a pretty good point. Um, I don't know if this was agent messaging or whatever, but, you know, when the names you hear – coming into the CU coaching search being Troy Calhoun, Jim McElwain, Brett Bielema, and Oof. Steve Sarkeesian. That's, I think, that's a maybe one of four hit rate, and that one is risky. So I mean, I remember Adam, too, was saying, like, be wary of the NFL guys who used to coach in college because it's probably their agent signaling to every other coach college that he wants to get back in the college game. Yes, yeah. what... which I'm sure I think Brett – I mean, Brett also has to do that every year as part of his buyout. Um, his buyout money from Arkansas. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. So that might be part of it too. It, it's the same thing as um, Butch Jones because Butch Jones is technically a – it's either a grad assistant or some crazy thing at Alabama. And he's making $60,000 a year. Um, but he took that job and he has to put his name out there as much as possible so that way he can presumably prove to the courts um, that he is actively trying to get jobs to offset his buyout. Yeah, because I could have, I couldn't ever confirm that Bielema even ever interviewed. I kind of think that was all his agent pushing that stuff. Um, I guess we'll find out here pretty soon, but I don't know if he ever interviewed. I know that like Calhoun and Sarkeesian interviewed for sure. Yeah, and and all this is is to avoid what David Beattie's doing right now with Kansas, which is Kansas is suing him to say that we don't have to pay what you want because you did not try hard enough to get a job um, suitable to your experience. 
which is anyways, long story short, um, the names thrown out in the past two month, weeks were less than stellar, which makes sense because it's February, you know, late February. So not a lot of coaches are going to jump at anything. Um, you know, I, I think there was some hope at the end there. And Chase, I don't know how you feel about these names, but uh, like Alex Grinch and um, Graham Harrell are names that I would be fine rolling the dice on. Um, yeah. But I, I, either of them jumping ship this late would be tough for me to see. And obviously it didn't happen. Yeah, they're young, exciting coordinators. I think you said they jump ship now, but I think I would be very worried about them jumping ship later. Um, they're both guys that would use CU as a stepping stone job. Oh, absolutely. I'll be here for a while. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't in love with Graham Harrell. Alex Grinch I could probably get behind. Graham Harrell just doesn't have enough experience to me. I think he's a great offensive mind. I'm an Eagles fan, so I was actually really wanted the Eagles to hire him as the offensive coordinator. He turned the Eagles down, but I would have loved <laughs> would... that, but I don't like him as a head coach. As of now. Yeah, I I mean, I'm less, like I said, I'm less worried about the stepping stone thing because if Graham Harrell comes in here, wins 10 or 8 games, and then jumps, I'm totally fine because it's won 8 games. <laughs> um, but I can see that why Rick George would not want to go through this for the third straight year. Yeah. Um, Chase, do you want to walk us through like what this does for recruiting? There you go. Oh, man. I mean, I, I wish I knew – I had many answers on that. We're going to have to figure out what kind of recruiter he is. I don't think he was a very good recruiter at all um, while he was at UCLA. I actually looked it up. Do you want me to run through this real fast? Um, Please do. Okay. So in 2002 at UCLA, before Darrell got there, they were their recruiting class was seventh in the nation, first in the Pac-12. And this is under Bob Toledo, yeah. Yep. Right oh, before they made name. the coaching change. Um, and then the coaching change happened 2003. They were 29th in the nation, 7th in the Pac-12, 31st in the nation, 8th in the Pac-12, 21st in the nation, 3rd in the Pac-12, then 57th and 91st to round out um, his coaching tenure at UCLA. Uh, the 91st, though, I don't think is a right number because it only lists five signees and they average like 92 um, as their rating. So that would actually be a really good class, not a 91st ranked class. But that, and then right after he left, they went back to being a top 15 in the nation uh, recruiting class. They went to 14 and second in the Pac 12. Yes, from what I heard, uh, just from UCLA, some of the UCLA fans I've, I've seen make some comments about it. The Actually, his last class was shaping up to be his best class. Like you mentioned, the, the 92nd rated one. But, um, after he got fired, the ones that he had on board stayed, and then New Heisel um, basically kept everyone back together. So it was shaping up to be a pretty good class, and then New Heisel, I think, took it to a nice extra level. Um, but, yeah, he – I think there's also some confluence there because he was going up against the, the biggest, baddest version of USC that we've seen. Um, and I think right at the end of his tenure was also right when USC was on the downturn. Um, mm-hmm. Pete Carroll left in what, 2010, 2011? Let's find out. I can tell you on that. Google, let's find out. Um, Which, it, it, that is a good argument, but um, I think we're about to see Oregon be like the USC of old, especially when it comes to SoCal recruiting. So I think you're still competing against uh, a big-time school there. 
I was also going to ask, like, when did USC have their uh, NCAA sanctions come down? Because they couldn't recruit for a little while. Well, that was after P. Carroll, but that is yeah. less. Uh, that So P. Carroll left in 2009. Okay. Yeah, so think, right at the end. Yeah, but it's, it's still, like you said, I think Carl is still recruited below his station um, showed. Yeah, like eighth, eleventh in the Pac-12, and eighth in the Pac-12. Like you're sitting yeah. back half as UCLA, and that's yeah. what Chip Kelly's doing right now too. Um, and a lot of UCLA fans aren't happy about that. But um, it seems like every other coach there was at least able to recruit besides Kelly and uh, Durrell. Yeah, I mean there are some interesting things going on um, before, like Bob Toledo basically left that a complete mess when Darrell took over. Um, and like everyone has said, it, it, Darrell is supposed to be one of the cleanest or, or I guess best, most, in, how do I just say that? A coach that has a lot of integrity. Um, and I think that's part of why they hired him as well, because Toledo uh, just kind of torched it on his way out. Um, There's some off the field stuff that Darrell had to clean up, which can always hurt recruiting if you're not cutting the same corners your predecessor did. But it, that argument falls a little flat when New Heisel also recruited well and Jim Mora also recruited well, and it's yeah. just Carl. Yeah, yeah, that was my problem. Is Jim Mora's classes were way better than um, anything Terrell has ever done, and Toledo before him, all that stuff. The interesting thing is, I, I would just assume we all agree his best um, class was probably his best player was probably Maurice Jones-Drew. Um, who was recruited by none other than Eric Bieniemy? Yep. Oh, what? Yeah. Eric yeah. Bieniemy was an assistant at UCLA. Yep. Yeah. I so when Carl Durrell was hired in 2003, um, he hired away Eric Bieniemy, and then he also hired um, John Embry pretty quickly into his tenure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is just the circles. Yeah, it's exact. It's and that's kind of what this feels like. It's it's. I mean, it's a retread, but at least it's kind of a relevant retread. I don't know how to say that. I, I mean, <laughs> that's the best I got for you, man. I don't, I don't know. He's a retread from 15 years ago. Yeah, and you, you can hope that he learned. It's obvious that I think Biennemi's grown as a coach. Um, and I think Darrell's probably also grown as a coach. How much of that are we willing to invest, though? Like, how much of that are we willing to trust? For, for it's hard 20- to tell because he hasn't moved up the ladder, really, since UCLA. It's just been a wide receivers coach, a little bit of the offense coordinator at Vanderbilt. Yeah, and he was—I mean, he was quarterbacks coach, which is technically, I guess, a promotion. In in uh, 2011, I think 2012, when when Matt Schaub was tearing up the NFL for the Texans. Um, <laughs> you know, all of these places, I guess, are good places to work. Though he has extensive Texas experience, Colorado and California experience. Um, I think he's also really close with Lance Carl, which I'm sure helped in the hiring process. I'm but, sorry, dude. Um, you know, I, I, I guess one of my my final thought is just like, I think it's fine for where we when we hired a, a coach. I think Carl Durrell is a fine choice. I think if if CU fans had the cho- choice, they would take five straight bowl games, regardless of how they come, for the next five years. And I, I think I would also take that choice. What's the alternative? Well, I would say that's what that's no what Carl's games? done, right? Is yeah. is five straight bowl games at UCLA, even if they're just six six win bowl games. 
if that is what he does here, then I think people are happy. I don't know if he can repeat that. Sam, any thoughts? Any final thoughts? Uh, I don't really want to. Like, I feel like this is dragged on a little bit. I uh, was going to ask about the quarterback question. Uh, and I'm just looking at CU's recruiting class, just thinking about Brendan Lewis. Do we have any insight? On what, who's going to play? Yeah, do we know who's even going to be running his offense right now? Well, yeah, so, so there's a few different questions in your question. Number yes. one, I think the offense is – he's always run a West Coast-style offense, which I think fits Tyler Lytle pretty well. Um, okay. But I don't think Brendan Lewis has any problem running the West Coast. I don't know if, that, if that's even what he's going to do. Also, a question for Chase. Um, so Blake Stenstrom just transferred over. So now CU only has two scholarship quarterbacks. Yep. Tyler Lytle and true freshman Brendan Lewis. We no, I will not be trying out. <laughs> <laughs> You're eligibility. No, I do I have one year of eligibility. Okay. Well, so do you, do you think CU is going to try to go for like a grad transfer? Well, they really don't have any room. Um, they have oh. all their 25 scholarship, 25 counters filled up. Even with Centrum uh, leaving? Well, yeah, it, it's, it doesn't matter who yeah. leaves. Oh, I didn't know that. How many guys it's, it's basically in a calendar – I don't know if it's a calendar year, but in one recruiting cycle, you can only sign 25 scholarship players. So, so you would oh. have to wait till the summer, I think, to pull someone in. Yeah, and I'm not sure how the rules work in the summer because I do think you can count them forward if you bring them in the summer. You can also bring them as a blue shirt and count them forward um, like they did with Luke Stilwell. So you, they could still try to do it, um, but maybe getting like a reliable walk-on – would be better like somebody that played really well in like juco football and is just uh, to walk on i will say that i think the state of colorado is, is chock full of walk-on quarterbacks if you want to try to find one yeah i yeah. I, I feel like they're gonna have to at least get another body in there um they've got matt ryan um and the other one then matty ice on, on <laughs> drawing a blank on yeah they got the matty ice and then the other uh colorado kid that was a freshman this year okay i can't think of his name those are their two walk-ons. So, so we, don't, we don't know remotely the answer to this question yet. No. I mean, well, the other question is, who's going to coach him? Because Jay Johnson left. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not necessarily bad. But. Are we allowed to talk about the T.C. McCartney rumors? You go ahead Ooh. and explain. Those have been floating around a little bit today. Um, I, I'm not sure how much there is to it. I'm trying to reach out to some people on that. I don't know. So T.C. was the Broncos quarterbacks coach this past year. Um, he's worked his way up the ladder pretty well. I don't know if he's qualified enough to be an offensive coordinator. Um, what do you guys think about that? Uh, yep. Yeah, so quick reference, T.C. McCartney is actually related to Bill McCartney. He's his grandson. And Sal Anissi. And Sal Anissi, yep. He, he wouldn't play it at uh, – I think he played at LSU. He was definitely a GA at yeah. LSU early on. And oh, he, I remember he, him. He yeah. moved he, – he worked under Kyle Shanahan for three years, and now he was, he was a Broncos quarterback's coach last year. Um, He's currently a offensive assistant on the Browns. I don't know what that means, um, but that's what he is. And presumably, he'd be pretty cheap. I just don't know. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think he's gonna be calling plays. Absolutely not. Yeah, like you, yeah. I don't know if you can bring him in to call plays. Obviously, he'd be a great ad as a quarterbacks coach because he was quarterbacks coach for the Broncos and actually did a pretty good job. Drew Locke gave him a lot of credit for um, preparing him before he got going there. Okay, that's a nice little rumor to end on. Chase, any final thoughts? 
No, I mean, I, I'm a little bit nervous to see how this press conference is going to go tomorrow. Um, Wait, tomorrow? Tomorrow morning at 11. I don't uh, know when this podcast is being posted. But, yeah, this will be uh, posted yeah, so after that. For reference, we are recording on the 23rd. Carl is going to be introduced on Monday the 24th, I believe. And he has a, he's a, player, he has a players meeting and coaches meeting tomorrow morning. Right. Um, okay. So and stuff will media, come out tomorrow. It's a media meeting at 11? Media meeting, yeah. Is there, is there going to be food provided? I certainly hope so. Okay, well, I'll show up if there is. <laughs> That's the hard-hitting journalism you get from Ralph <laughs> Report. Um, I well, don't ask questions been... either. I just sit there. Wait, are we done? I think we're done. Um, Basketball yeah. talk? Oh, boy. Okay, we ho- hold on. We have exactly <laughs> – I'm going to give us one minute. We have one minute. Quick thoughts. That loss was bad. <laughs> that was we annoying. Are... We are tied with UCLA in the Pac-12 standings. And we're also tied with Arizona, I believe. And we're also tied with Oregon. Arizona State, too, right? Arizona State's first, the yes. number one. And Arizona totally. State has first. Oh, then, so. so Arizona State's number yeah. one, and then it goes twice. Arizona State, and then it goes Oregon, CU, Arizona, UCLA, I think. Or maybe UCLA's up. Either way, it's just UCLA's a giant. Fourth. Yeah, it's a clump of teams in, at second. And, boy, it's going to be a crazy finish. Oh my God! Oof. We need to fucking sweep. Good God. thing CU has three games on the road to finish their Pac-12 schedule. Seriously, I don't know why it feels like CU is better on the road this year. Uh, I honestly have a little more faith in them playing well on the road. I don't know what that is yeah, either. Same. I don't. I don't know what the fuck. I'm sorry. I've been waiting this whole time to talk because I don't know anything about coaching. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, expect another. Expect another. Uh, podcast to drop before CU plays the all important matchup against Cal at Cal. What? Um, okay. But this, thank you, Chase, for coming on for this emergency podcast. If you want to see more of Chase's great reporting and Adam's even better reporting, um, <laughs> subscribe yep. to Buff Stampede. It's the 247 Sports site. Um, it's been quite fun over there watching the boards for the last few days. You call it fun. I don't know if that's what well, I don't have to moderate, so point. it is fun for me. <laughs> I used to have fun with this stuff, but I think it <laughs> when it drags on for two weeks and it's the same thing over and over, I'm no longer having fun. Well, I'm Jack. That's Sam. This is and that's uh, Chase over there, like we just mentioned. Um, I think we're all we're all set. Yeah, Darrell time. Happy right. Darrell era. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Goodbye. Buzz. Buzz. <laughs>